fresh out the oven. It's Cinema Bums. I'm Emmett. And I'm Wade. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie and popular film franchises, one each week, to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today, we are continuing our miniseries, Denny for Two, covering every film directed by Denny Villeneuve leading up to Dune. We will fully spoil today's film, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series. Wade, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hanging in this big, weird house, and that's cool. I am especially doing good this evening because tonight we are happy to have a special guest. Mm. He's a CrossFit instructor, a Marine, and one hell of a writer who told us too late before watching this movie that he has a fear of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, man. Uh, please welcome Eddie Diallo. Dude, you butchered my last name. I'm getting off this show right now. Are you serious? What kind of, what kind of amateur hour is this? You can't pronounce the word D-Z-I-A-L-O? My, mother, my mother's going to listen to this. She's probably listening right now, just like crying in the car. Hi, Mom. <laughs> I tried to write a pronunciation guide. Dizalo? Yeah, Dizalo? wow. Okay. Two for two, one out of two ain't bad. And Wait, I'm not entirely sure I even know your last name. I saw you in person like three hours ago, so we're cool. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll get this. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna hit that one more time then because I don't no. want to make, your, I don't wanna make no. your mom cry in the car on the way to work. I've made my mom That's cry right. many a time. We're cool. We're good. Okay. She's going to have to pull the car over, turn off the podcast. She's only pulled the car over and thrown me out of it one time in my life. Which is the one time she said the F word in life, allegedly. But that's a different story for a different podcast. Wow, it's just going dark fast. Yeah, for real. <laughs> much like this movie. Much like this movie. Much like any Denny Villeneuve movie and involving a car. And question, are you sure his name is a Dennis? I'm pretty sure his name is Dennis. Uh, I was I I did I heard you do the intro. I'm like his name's his name's what? So I'm in. I'm supposed to be here. Like Dennis. Okay, it's Denny. I believe it is. No, I'm joking. It's got to be. It's 100 percent Denny. I, but uh, for the first two weeks after I watched the movie, I thought his name was Dennis. I'm not ashamed of that. I want to uh, I want to talk about the car crash thing that you've brought up, Emmett. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is that Denny has this like fixation with car crashes yeah a really brutal one in this movie truly in the middle of doing the series like it was like a month ago now i had my first car accident and totaled my car in the middle of this like series about car crashes yeah i don't know the irony is not lost on me also my old car which i totaled is in this movie oh is that the car that they crash it's not it's not the car that they crash but there is like a prominent scene where he's like walk, walking out to the parking lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there's like one car in the foreground, which was the Mazda 3 that I had. That's crazy. Probably the same year. Damn. From when this was filmed. So could I'm be the same Danny. car. It could be the same car. Exactly. <laughs> it could be. You know that there's a guy whose job is um, to like make movie props so like whenever there's like a phone number or license plate or an address in a movie, there's like a guy whose whole job is just making sure that those aren't real phone numbers and license plates that exist huh? so that they can't be like traced back to anyone in real life. We had this guy come and talk to our college who, who had graduated from our school and did that on movie sets. Wait a second. Was he the success story? <laughs> he was the success story. Oh, <laughs> Oh, boy. And I ran into him at an audition room like two years later. Did either one of you get it? I didn't. I don't think he did. Oh, if you didn't, I hope he didn't either. Thank you. That means a lot. Thanks for being here, Eddie. Yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, it's always a blast saying I wait. I don't know how long it's been, man. It's been way too long. We shouldn't wait this long to see each other again. (laughs) I know. All of like three hours. Uh, Now, dear listener, I just will take this moment to remind you. Bumtober is coming. Send your serious suggestions to cinemabumspod at gmail.com or DM us at cinemabums on the social media. Ask guests if they have a suggestion. Oh, yes. That's a note for me. <laughs> Was it in brackets, Emmett? You're not supposed to read the bracket part. So, yes. Do you, Eddie, do you have any suggestions for series that we should cover? Dude, I will barrage weight on a daily basis almost like. <laughs> uncomfortable fashion on series. What are you guys going after doing? Are you even allowed to say what you're doing after doing? Or do you even know? Are we going that far off the cuff right now? I will say that we do know. And I will also say that we're not going to say it, but that maybe Wade will, maybe Wade will tell you after the episode. Cruel and unusual. It's all right though. I respect (laughs) that. 
It's a it's a Halloween based series we're doing next. It's not called Halloween, is it? It's not Halloween. No, I was about to say if you were given that big of a hint, wait, that was a little too much. I think you might have. Well, that's because the thing with Halloween and with all of those, like Nightmare on Elm Street, and all of those, is that there's like 15 of them. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, it, 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 like you guys five can't months. sleep for a month if you film those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already going to be scary. The one that we are doing. So, do you have any any other suggestions? Oh, dude. I am like a David Lynch nerd. Like I think Ooh. I've seen I've seen Blue Velvet probably forty times. I, I I'm absolutely obsessed. I thought like the new Twin Peaks TV show and also the TV. I thought it was like the graduate school of David Lynchian work. I, I am obsessed. Right. So I mean, okay. like you guys are doing like old school doing right? Are you well, talking about the new one? We're gonna watch it, but we weren't gonna do a whole episode. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it with the new one. Oh, it's such oh, so good! I cannot wait. But the reason the reason we didn't do a whole episode on it is because we've been saying we might do because Lynch we might do point. Lynch. Yeah, he's so good. You could go for days on Lynch. I think Dune was like the reason he stopped large budget movies. I mean, because it was such really? an absolute disaster. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Spoiler alert! I mean, if anyone yeah. hasn't seen that movie, you might not like it so much. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, blue velvet. Real. Oh, it it so is bad. an incoherent flop. But, it was like the Battlefield it's... Earth of its time. <laughs> oh man! But it is incredible. Earth. It is just oh, yeah. wild to behold. Yeah, yeah, oh, it man. is. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm obsessed. If you guys, you guys talk about Lynch, I can do this all day. Obsessed. Do you think it's worth it to do Lynch, even though we wouldn't do the TV? Oh, absolutely. We would just do the movies. I mean, some of them. Are, I mean, like Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway. I mean, mm-hmm. You can just go down rabbit holes. I mean, those movies are rabbit holes. Damn. <laughs> yeah, you got it. This, 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 this is your wheelhouse. I, I, I believe in you too. Okay. Well, cool. That's oh, a yeah. gr- that's a great suggestion. We will. I'll take that one to heart because that's what I've, it up. I've been wanting to do. Now, Eddie, had you seen yes, this sir. movie before? Never. I've known Wade for like six months, and he asked me mm-hmm. to be on here, and he showed me this movie, and like within the first thirty seconds, I'm like, who is this guy asking me to watch these movies? So I was entirely <laughs> shocked. I I went in with this movie with nothing. So like the first thirty, you know, the first thirty seconds of that movie is like, what is? Oh boy. Oh yeah, yeah that's like pretty nice. Now I know Wade. Wade's got some dark <laughs> sides. Yeah. You did pick this movie, I want to say. I gave I know, you a list I, of, of five or six we still had at that point. And... I think I wikipedia the five, and I mm-hmm. still thought his name was Dennis at the time, so I don't know how much I knew about any of this going <laughs> in. But, I mean, I know, too. I went in with nothing. and I, I wanted to go in with nothing. It was yeah. so, oh, so worth it. Every mm-hmm. ounce of that movie is worth it. Every second of that movie is worth it. So cool. I feel like, as especially as somebody who really likes David Lynch, I'm sure this movie is like right in that same sort of weird and dreamy creepy sort of thing you know completely like you think you're on drugs while you're awake and sober it's so good yeah i don't want to talk about it too much before you guys talk about it but it's so good now had you Mm. seen any other movies uh by denny villeneuve um or that you know of now nothing nothing okay completely fresh that's nothing Coming off that, what is your impression of him as a director, just like from just this movie? See, my background is in short story writing. And when you write oh. something, it's like 16 pages, like every second or every uh, every sentence has to fight for its life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is, you cannot cut five seconds out of this movie. I, I, I mean, I, I've even freeze-framed it and started taking notes of what's on the chalkboard behind him in the movie uh-huh. land, the, the, the class. I mean, you can literally uh, yeah. break down what he's explaining. I mean, it's that detailed. Like, I don't wow. think – I think I told Wade this. Like, you cannot – you could take five seconds of any snippet of that movie and explain how that five seconds, like, fits into the greater whole. Like, I, I you can't cut a single ounce of that movie. It's that good. Like, so, I mean, that's my background. Like, it's like, wow, yeah. this is mm-hmm. – this level is detail and detail and details on top of details. I've watched it three times. I'm still picking things up. Wow. That's true dedication. That's, that is true dedication. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, if, I, if the movie was bad, I would I would have just like <laughs> called in sick today. Or, sure, like, fake, sure. Yeah, I would I would let my cat drag me off the screen, but no, dude. It, <laughs> every ounce of that movie is worth it. Well, Wade, will you give us please the very brief stats then on Enemy? Yes, today we're talking about Enemy, directed by Denny Villeneuve. This is the fifth film that he made. It is the last of his canadian productions so far although this one is in english as opposed to the other four which are in french this one is also i think set in ontario where the other four are set in quebec which kind of explains the language thing but this was his sixth film to be released 
So this was released after Prisoners, which he made after this movie. This was written by Javier Goulon, Canadian writer. Mostly does TV. A couple of their movies that I hadn't heard of because I don't think they came over. But And it was adapted from the 2002 Portuguese novel The Double mm. by Jose Saramago. Uh, there's a quote from the book that opens the movie. The score is by Daniel Bensi and Sonder Jurians. It runs one hour and 30 minutes. So we'd love to see that. Yeah. This man really has two running times in all of his <laughs> movies so far. He has like 85 minutes with credits and he has like two hours and 37 minutes. Yeah. For real. It's like the bare minimum or slightly under running time, or it is like much longer than any normal movie should be. Yeah. How do you feel about the pacing in this one? I feel like it's pretty well done. I wasn't really bored. I think when we recap the plot, we'll find that there isn't, it's very easy to like explain the beats that happen in this movie. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. there is a ton of events that happen, but it does like set the pace and sort of spool it out. So intentionally that you don't really get lost in it. I don't think it it never felt slow to me at least. Yeah. The beats are very few and far in between. And Mm -hmm. the first act probably ends right around the time he sees the movie of himself. And it's probably the biggest shift first to second act. Yeah, but I mean, this whole thing is like a like a giant rubber band. It just slowly builds mm-hmm. tension. The whole like you're tell me you're not uneasy watching that yeah, movie at any get, point in time. Yeah, more and more like as yeah. it goes on. Yeah, yeah, it is a hardwired rubber band, and you're just just taught the whole time. Like every ounce of that is tension. But again, it's not because of the beats, not because of the the plot beats. Yeah, there's visual stuff. I feel like that does more to do that than really stuff that makes sense plot wise entirely. I like especially the giant spider walking over the cloudy city like that stuff is so freaky. It's so unnerving, I feel like, mm-hmm. especially if if you have a horrible fear of spiders as I do. Yeah, it's Lynchian. That's yeah, Lynchian. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, there are like several big concept terrifying things in this movie that are like all playing on you at once. Yeah. Yeah, but I do agree it is in kind of like the directing and how he shoots it because it is like creepy, but I think a lot of that is coming from the directing rather than the events. Yeah. Not to mention Jake Jake the history teacher does not smile. You, uh, you cannot I don't think you can see us yeah. try to find a second of him smiling and at any point in time. I even think his beard's a little longer than Jake the actor. This is something I like about Jake Gyllenhaal a lot is that he plays unpleasant people in really compelling ways so that you're willing to watch them even though you don't particularly like them or you're Mm. like willing to go along on the journey with them without like fully committing to whether or not you like them as a person and are like on board with them but you're like willing to watch because he's so fascinating to watch all the time and i feel like that's true in a movie like nightcrawler and i think that's true here like the professor guy is like a creep he's kind of gross and you don't really like him but he's it's compelling to watch what he wants to do next but you also kind of want to give him a hug at the same time. It's very weird. Yeah, it is weird because he is like so pathetic. It's sympathetic. Yeah. Almost. He's also watching a movie on his laptop with the sound on, sitting in a chair outside the room where his girlfriend is sleeping like an absolute maniac. Yeah. He's not putting headphones on. He's not sitting on a couch. He doesn't have a TV. I I'm mean, glad that's where we're drawing the line of maniac. This one was released March 14th, 2014 in Canada by Entertainment One, and it had a release in America by our beloved A24. And I was surprised to see that when when that pulled up. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, did anyone else get excited? Yeah, I was like, oh. A24 does not make bad movies. And this was very early on in their distribution. I want to say they started 2013 or 2012. So this is one of the first movies that they distributed. So yeah, so in this movie, I'll I'll give the summary if I I can. Let's walk through it. What happens basically is that there's this professor played by Jake Gyllenhaal who is just like kind of living a boring, sad sack kind of a life. Seems pretty miserable, has this weird distant relationship with his girlfriend that seems pretty unpleasant. And one day a colleague of his in this totally weird and fun conversation. I loved that scene. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm on board with this movie. That guy is up to something. There's something going on. There's something going on with him, but... But 
but he's like he suggests this movie to him he rents this movie and in the background of the movie he sees somebody who looks exactly like him Mm -hmm. and he like basically becomes obsessed with finding out who this guy is and if he's real he first he calls him to try and find out what he sounds like and he gets his wife instead and the wife mistakes professor jake for her husband for actor jake for actor jake and he slowly finds out that this guy's an actor finally gets in touch with him in fact he does look exactly like him they're like uncanny doppelgangers of each other down to like a a scar from an operation that they both have the exact same thing on and they are like both freaked out by it in different sorts of ways well the wife of the actor guy also comes and sees him sees the professor version of him at the school in like a truly harrowing scene where they're outside and she recognizes like she's looking at him like he's like some sort of monster person that she loves but like he has absolutely no recognition and he like doesn't know who she is at all and like has this scene with her and then the moment he is out of sight is the moment that actor jake answers the phone and so there's this creepy ambiguity where you're always like wait is it just one guy the whole time like i feel like this movie never lets you know for sure whether it's just one guy or not yeah you kind of think that it is building to like a big reveal you're you feel like it's building to a reveal where they are one person or something or yeah or something or they were separated at birth or yeah they're clones and there are like breadcrumbs that increase throughout the movie but it does not lead to a reveal in that way. No. So what happens eventually is the actor version of Jake says, give me your car, give me your clothes. I'm going to go and have a romantic weekend with your girlfriend. And then when this is done, we're never going to speak to each other again. And we're just like going to pretend that this never happened. Like this is too weird, basically, is how I take it. Or like get out of my life, right? But first I'm going to do this kind of to get revenge on you. He does that, but at the same time, Professor Jake goes over to the wife's house and is like there. Kind of to cover. Yeah, to kind of cover for Is there pretending to be the actor? Yeah, they're pretending to be each other. She's also pregnant. I feel like we should mention that too. Mm -hmm. That's an important aspect of all of this somehow. Also in, in not the way that you might think, but it is important. And then the girlfriend realizes that actor Jake is actor Jake, not professor Jake and starts like freaking out and is like, like get me out of here. Take me home. And they hop in the car and they're speeding along. There's the car crash that Denny loves and it kills both of them. Like they're both, mm-hmm. like, completely gone. And wife says to professor Jake that she wants her to, to stay with her. And it seems like she knows that he is not the same, that he is like the one that she saw in the park. She knows. She knows, right? yeah and then he's like okay and he's all of the way through this there's been this weird thing with this club and like this is the hardest part to talk about because i don't know what in the hell is up with this club but from the very beginning we've seen like images of this creepy underground club where there's like weird stuff going on there's like a woman like stepping on a tarantula in a high heel shoe like otherwise completely naked at the beginning which is like just and like all these men are like staring at it and are like obsessed with it and like one of the co-workers of actor jake says to professor jake when he is trying to infiltrate oh i need to go back to that club and professor jake has no idea what he's talking about but eventually he like starts to hear more about it finally somehow gets it key to it and like gets the invite to it at the end of the movie he's about to like go out and he says I, okay i'm going out i'm just going out for a second and there's no response from the wife and he's like and he walks into the kitchen and instead of the wife it's a giant spider tucked up <laughs> into the corner that like seems scared of him too yeah and he looks at it and lets out a sigh <laughs> and the and the cut to black <laughs> i mean what <laughs> Admiral summary job. I was like, I would have butchered that. Thank you. No, Thank you. that was pretty good. And as I said, only took a couple of minutes. Yeah, because like, it's not that complicated plot wise. Yeah. There's just so much going on psychosymbolically, you mm. know, like subconscious imagery wise, that sort of thing. Yeah. My last note just says, what did I just watch? You took notes during this? That's impressive. I, I, I kind of stared, very unsure of myself the whole time. I'm looking up what a spider represents in dreams. 
Dreams about spiders are indicative of subconscious anxiety about feeling vulnerable and out of control of some aspect of our lives. Take that for what you will. Hmm. I think that's definitely some aspect of what this character might be feeling. First off, Flopper Bob. Eddie, this film, Enemy, Flopper Bob. The antithesis of flop. This is one of the, I, this is the best movie I've seen in 10 years. I mean, easily. I, I, <laughs> Hell I can't yeah. Stop. This movie's in my head. It's living up there rent free and it's not leaving for a while. That's awesome. By no means flop. I'll tell everybody about this movie. No one's watching it, but I'll tell everyone to watch it. <laughs> Incredible. Wade? Yeah, Bob for me too. I really liked it. Uh, I've been really looking forward to this to like get to talk about it because I've had a lot of thoughts about it, but I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. I almost feel like I should have watched it again. I don't know how you I don't know how you watch this one time. It, uh, it's a whole separate situation the second time you watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, so much different. I'm sure. So I mean, you might be able to help us like unsplit some, some of the imagery that's going on yeah. here then as, as we get into this. But wait, Flopper Bob. All right, no, you already said Bob. I will also oh, say for me. Fl- Emmett Flopper Bob. Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, incredible. Okay, so let's get in. Like, what okay. is it? What's up with this? <laughs> okay, well, what I want to say off the bat is I've got to give I've got to give props to Emmett here right off the bat uh-huh. because as we've been analyzing these Denny movies a few weeks ago. I think you said separately that Denny is obsessed with motherhood Mm -hmm. and that he is obsessed with chaos theory. Mm -hmm. And I turn on this movie and the first shot is of a naked pregnant woman, like looking up as though as though you've just sort of walked in on her. And then it cuts to a quote about chaos theory. And I was like, wow, Emmett has really done it. Emmett really has actually, we have actually done our job here at Cinema Bums and correctly analyzed something once. Hell yes. George Costanza walk off. Themes. That's right. Themes and motifs even. We have watched Fancy six words. movies and identified a theme. I feel so good about that. Like when you te- proud. when you texted me that, I was like, "That yeah, yeah." I I did feel I did feel good about it. We did it. You did it. I didn't do anything. Um, but this does it fits right in. It fits right into the the whole series, and I think it especially reminds me of Maelstrom. I think he said that this is like a sibling movie to Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. He's also always talking about movies like they're his kids. Like he called the two his twins, and then he's uh, called. Like, yeah. This and Maelstrom, like, sister movies. Yeah, this makes sense to me as, like, the culmination of the Canadian ones. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of using elements from all of them. Okay, well, I, let's go through the big questions up top and then okay. get into the nitty-gritty as we go yeah, along. Yeah. But we've got, like, teacher, the teacher, uh-huh. who I would say is our protagonist. That's who we start with. Yeah. And we've got the actor. So, Eddie, what do you think is up with these two dudes? How are they related to each other? It says it on the board behind him in the in the classroom. So if you take a dialectical philosophical class, you basically dialectical reasoning is when you take a thesis, uh-huh. the antithesis, and you take a synthesis. So you have two people, one's the thesis and one is the antithesis. One yeah. is the unsure of guy. The other guy is the exact opposite. He wears a tight leather coat. He's an actor. The other guy is a floppy, sad history teacher that doesn't have any sort of enthusiasm for what he's doing. The other guy has at least a passion for acting. These are two Mm -hmm. opposites of the same person. And he doesn't know which one of himself he wants to be. One is with his pregnant wife. One is with his girlfriend. You definitely take it to be like a like a parable of one man, like sp- split between two two well, versions of yeah, himself. Yeah, this isn't like Fight Club or sort of like this is one guy how he views himself in two different ways. He doesn't know which way he wants to continue out in the world. I'll take that to my grave and fight anybody who disagrees. Looking at you, Wade. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, Wade, what's what's your take on this? What's your take? I mean, I don't have a constructed take. I definitely, while watching it, was sort of dreading that there would be a Fight Club-esque moment where we realized that these two guys were the same and it would, like, flash back to everything. Because I was just sort of like, that would be the most obvious way to conclude this, which isn't what I wanted to see. Right. I like that they leave it ambiguous. I Like, just who I am as a person, I would be more excited if it was some weird, creepy, supernatural explanation rather than, like, a psychological one. But I do think that that Eddie is probably right on the money here. 
I agree with Eddie if I was speaking metaphorically, but I mm-hmm. feel like also it does have the supernatural element that the spider introduces, which makes me take the double thing more literally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the spider aspect, it would be much easier for me to be completely on board with oh, this is a a story about one man, not sure which one it is. But because there are other weird sci-fi elements, the idea that he could be a real doppelganger in some other more twisted sort of way seems at least possible. I figure the spiders have to be some sort of symbolism because everything else is symbolic. I mean, look at his rib. It's a guy named Adam with a missing rib. Right. I mean, it's a, right, right. Ad, Eve came out of Adam from the rib. I mean, I Yeah. What what is, what is the mother's name? It's Mary or, or which one's Mary? Is that the girlfriend? The girlfriend is Mary. Uh-huh. The wife uh-huh. is Helen. The mom mythology. is yeah. mother. And arachnid, arachnid, uh arachna in the Greek mythology. Uh-huh. The tail with the width. I like who does she do? Is it Aphrodite? I can't do. I'm, I'm bad at Greek mythology. I'm, I'm, I can't remember. It. You're All right, look I'll, look I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Look up a ra- look up the story of Arachne. Well, also the design of the spider, like the physical design of the giant spider you see, is yeah. based on this giant statue of a spider in Ottawa. Does it look the same? It looks the same as this giant public art installation in Canada, and the name of the sculpture is Mother. Come uh, on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh God! Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can send pictures in here, but Eesh. Arachne hungs herself. Greek mythology. There you go. It's an uplifting story. It's for the kids. I don't know. Arachne was a girl who got changed into a spider by Athena. Wah! Whoa! That's that is dead. That's a dead ringer. <laughs> that uh, so I'm sharing a picture of the sculpture, Mother. In Ottawa. I, looks... I hate the... Okay. <laughs> Let's take that away. T- okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a legit scream. I'm impressed. Was... This whole movie very much... It's directed like there is about to be a jump scare. Oh, at, at every at, turn. At That's every moment. You're like, right, you're yeah. just about to scream. Yeah, the whole movie. It's like, whoa, oh, you you just keep getting keyed up, you think. And it never releases. And I think that's what's like so painful about this movie is like it never really gives you like until the very end. You do finally get an actual jump scare at the very end. Yeah. Do you think that he figured out he wanted a jump scare and dragged it out for an hour and a half? Just held on a jump scare mode? Like, yeah, it's going to be the like... worst feeling. It's like knowing you're about to send me a picture of a spider for an hour and a half and won't hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> I had to um run an errand in the middle of this movie mm-hmm. and I was v- and it was nighttime. I was very much filled with dread the entire time of like going out at night and being in my car like an hour nope. into this movie. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I felt like I was in it in a very powerful I would have shown a flashlight over the floor of the car and everything. No way. Nope. Good. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I I also ran out of the theater when I was like six years old. My saw arachnophobia. So I, mean, oh I, my the, I have a whole history of like spiders and movies. I'm all set with that. So you're talking to friends here, Wade. I feel like. Yeah. I'm truly sorry about that. I texted you after I had watched this and said, like, you know, yeah, I think you'll way, like it. By the as way, long as you're not afraid of spiders. Like the top three, it's like aneurysms, alligators, spiders. Like those, that's the trifecta right there. I'm with you on alligators. Those things are so scary. Alligators are super scary. Oh boy. This movie doesn't have any alligators are good. Okay. What, what else? So, what other? What are the other big questions you have, Wade? Let's, well, let's... I just want to say, while we're to talk some more about like the double personality, yeah, like I think it's interesting that no other sort of like split personality thing has them played by the same actor normally. Like it's normally that it's two characters who realize they're the same person, but they look different, you know. Uh, and right. this is like a story of two guys like being freaked out about how similar they are. And it feels, I don't know, it feels like they both have like a lot more awareness of whatever's going on with them than you typically see in these kinds of stories. Remember the opening scene is yeah. history teacher Jake in, her, in his car, miserable, and his mother calls him, telling him how much she loves his apartment. There is no way his mother went to that apartment and said, I love your apartment. She has to be talking about the other apartment. Yeah. Something oh. is up with the mother because there is as close to and a- the blueberries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did notice that about the blueberries. That's nuts about the blueberries. 
He's like, I don't like blueberries. Like you love blueberries. And actor Jake has like, I was always screaming at his wife about the blueberries, the organic blueberries. And at the end of that scene, she like has the closest thing to an actual reveal as this movie has, where she's like, and and I think it's time for you to stop entertaining like yeah. a two bit career as an actor or something while she's talking to teacher Jake, which like says to me that whatever it is, like the mom knows. As does the pregnant wife. Yeah. The pregnant wife is so good. She I mean, is that, so good. She really Hands makes down the, the best scene in the movie is when she's like frightened and like cowering from him and like shaking, crying. Because if I met two Wades in the world, I'm going to be giggly and happy. I'm not going to be sobbing, crying, and shaking. It's <laughs> like you don't see a twin. Like, well, you, you'd have to be. If I saw a Wade yeah. out in the real world that I knew was Wade, and you just mm-hmm. you were a completely different person, didn't recognize me, it'd be that. would be like that would be a horrifying. Yeah, right. It'd be horror. Be worried. You'd react the yeah. way she reacts, especially if you love somebody. Yeah, yeah. That moment at the end of that scene where he's like, "I don't know," and she just says, "I think you know." Yeah, like so powerful. And he's cheated on her in the past. And he also like it's also it's so unhealthy because she says this and he like goes straight into like you're talking crazy. He like doesn't even entertain it for a second. So like he also goes straight into denial, which makes the the viewer more like suspicious of him, I feel like. But yeah. does keep it ambiguous because he's denying it, but he goes straight to denial instead of like trying to figure out what she's talking about first, you know? I feel like it's kind of set up at the beginning that the actor is a little bit of a sleazeball. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the teacher is sort of like your sympathetic protagonist. But then those lines like start to blur in some ways towards the yeah. end. When they're confronting each other and goes like, you give me your clothes. I'm going to take my wedding ring off and I'm going to have relations with your girlfriend. And then he says, we're even, even. It's like if it's two people. And because after that, there's no, there's only one of them. After he goes away with the girlfriend, Once that's over, there's only one Jake. There's only one Jake after that. For me, it's like, do I go with the mistress? Do I go with my pregnant wife? I am terrified of my pregnant wife and I want everything away from her. Do I go with the mistress? I can't can't figure out which world I want to live in. Mm. It says we're even. And I took that to be like, we're one again. So I, I did not pick that up the first time. I know me. Like you literally watched it because I'm like, all right, because I thought it was the deal. I was like, I know. Give me your clothes. I'm gonna have a relationship with the girlfriend, and now we're even. Hmm. So do you think that the girlfriend dies? Oh yeah. And, like, do you think that he kills her? Like, yeah, how do you think like that what? works? Like, what do you think is up with that? Like, is that like a symbolic death, or is that like a real death for? It's her? not a clean movie. There is no clean reading that like literally explains everything. Yeah. Right. It's pretty crazy. It's it's uh, it really is like a web. It's like a labyrinth of a movie. Because it's in, he listens to it on the radio. It does actually no. It does. It just says there's a car crash. Because I because I thought it was the girl's death on the radio at the end. He gets yeah. the keys to the club before he sees a giant spider. So there's a death. A woman died in a car. There's a car wreck, and he turns the radio off. So you never actually hear who died in the car. All that to me is that this woman's out of my life. Hmm. Huh. But now she's still alive, but this is like this woman is not part of my life anymore. I think I was a little bit I don't want to say disappointed because I wasn't disappointed. But like when we get to like the partner swap thing, I was a little bit like there is sort of this like unknown power that these guys have discovered mm-hmm. that they could really like do anything with if they were like really trying to figure some stuff out. They you just use it to like sleep with someone on the side or like sleep with someone mm-hmm. without really having to do any work for it, you know? And that's like ultimately what the movie is about. Right. So, what, what, what else is there to him other than those two women? Like he's got yeah. really nothing going on in his life outside of like my pregnant wife and my mm-hmm. mistress girlfriend. Like there's nothing else going on for him. Like what else is he going to do? Well, the actor lives in like this fancy apartment, leads some sort of decadent life. And he is, as far as we have seen, an extra in three movies. And so you've really got to be like, if he's really only doing that, he wouldn't be able to afford no. that. I think he's doing, yeah, he's got to be doing something kind of criminal with those guys involving that club. That's what I think. Hmm. Oh. And she is like, she is on to it. Well, the the time the wife becomes the spider is after the nice one, the teacher, has made the decision to go to the club too. Yeah, right. Because he's sitting there, like, he's okay. The mist because he turns off the radio. The uh-huh. mistress is dead. Now he's a family man. Now he's back to being with his pregnant wife. And the second he gets 
<laughs> the key. He's like, uh, I got to go out tonight. And at the beginning of the movie, at the, when he's talking in class, he's like, history's doomed to repeat itself. Oh, huh. So when he goes back and he's like, oh, because she's no longer a woman. So after he commits the idea that I'm going to the sex club, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, okay, I'm going out tonight. And he's like, I'm no longer going to be the faithful husband. She's back into a spider again. When he was a, when he was a loving Whoa. husband, she's a woman. When he wants to bail, she's a gnarly spider. We're scared of Whoa. him because he's going to, he's going to cheat on her again. Oh, that she's is scared so of him because she, she, he's about to go to the sex club again. And she knows, just like you said, I think she knows about it. Damn. And he knows, she knows exactly what he's doing. That's yeah. such a gorgeous that's like such a beautiful like explication of everything there. I think that's that's really I think that's really on the money and really hits home and creeps me out and gives me all sorts of weird feelings that I feel like this movie is trying to give you. What do you think about this idea about the totalitarian state that he keeps talking about? And like the spider is a symbol for the web like being like some sort of totalitarian oppression. Or the idea of like there being two of yourself and like some type of your personality being stamped out, like some individualism being stamped out in a totalitarian. By women, because he, he he's he's. I think he feels trapped because of his pregnant wife. Huh. Yeah. And the, yeah. The third time I saw this, this is what's really crazy. The third time I saw this, when he goes in and he's pretending to be the actor, when Jake, the history teacher, is pretending to be the actor, mm-hmm. they go. I th- he goes. I haven't seen you in what's it been? He's like, oh, it's been a long time. He's like, I think it's been six months. And uh, when they're sitting on the bench, she says she's six months pregnant. Oh, yeah. So he's been gone. So, he's so when gone, I that, yeah. that was my whole idea about huh. like being dominated. So he he left his life because it's a six month gap where he's been gone. And I think like that was my opinion that like the the, the wife was his oppressor. Yeah. And again, his viewpoint not exactly an actual, a wrong one, but still like I think that's how he sees his pregnant wife. Like you feel like he feel like he's trapped. I think it's also kind of telling that there is no real physical change between the two of them other than like how they carry themselves. Like they both have a beard. They both have the same haircut. It's just like the actor wears it up and the teacher sort of doesn't really do anything with it. You know, like you can see a version of this movie where like the actor is hot, Jake Gyllenhaal and the teacher is like schlubby with the beard, not really taking care of himself, but they like, I mean, it looks he's like just, the same person. He's just like very slightly better groomed as the actor and like wearing clothes that fit him a little bit better. And that's yeah. it. They talked about, I saw an interview with Jake Hall after this, where he talked about how little, like how little he wanted them to be separate, but also like he had two whole different things that he was doing for each of them. But he wanted them mm. that like he and Denny wanted them to be as like close together as they possibly could be. Um, but he said it was definitely a head trip trying to especially once they towards the end of the movie once they start trading clothes and he's playing the actor playing the professor or playing the professor playing the actor oh man right i mean that sounds utterly crazy making but he pulls it off it's a good performance oh he crushes it oh he does how do you guys how do you guys rationalize the wedding ring because at the end of the movie she realizes that he's got she can see his finger she realizes he's married how if they're the same person i still think they are how has she never seen that before yeah, or like the wedding, seen the, the, wedding yeah, the, yeah. the wedding, yeah, the wedding, the, like the indentation or whatever. Yeah, indentation of the tan line. That's the only part. If if they're the same person, which I still think they are, I don't understand why she's never seen the tan line before. That makes no sense to me. Again, not a clean interpretation. Yeah, not a, it's, it's close. I got. I will say, talking about the totalitarian angle of it, mm-hmm. for me, like probably the best scare in the movie is early on when he's doing his lecture and it like repeats. In the middle where he's talking about like how a pattern that repeats itself, that's the phrase. And he's like doing the lecture sort of to a montage of him, like leading his boring daily life. And then it like starts again from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Huh. The lecture he's giving. And that, that got you good. Yeah, that really freaked me out. <laughs> good. I've seen this movie three times and I missed that. I'm not even kidding. And that's kind of like that too, that idea of like being so disconnected from your life. It's like you're watching yourself. So do you think he is teaching at the school and he was acting and now he's just teaching at the school? Yes. But see, that's what's strange is like he tries to look like a cool guy around his wife who he's cheating on, but looks like the schlub to the girl that he's cheating with. My mm. only guess on that is that the guy who's with his pregnant wife secretly really does not like the part of him that's with the mistress. 
So he wouldn't see uh, that version of himself in a positive way. So, I mean, he, he sees himself, he wants to be the guy that's with his pregnant wife. But he really hates himself for being with the mistress. And, I, and so he, he kind of downplays it. Because like, I, all, I all think this whole movie takes place in someone's head. Yeah. How he, how he views himself. So I, I see it through that lens, like how it, it's not actually him disheveled. It's how he views himself. Truly. Okay, gotcha. That's my guess. That, best that, guess. That makes a lot of sense. And it, wait, other other big questions that you have? I don't know if we want to do any more on the spiders. To me, like the three big things going on in this movie is like the double, whatever sort of like totalitarian thing they're saying in the lectures and like the spiders. Mm-hmm. I can shed a little bit of light on some things in the behind the scenes drama, but I know that the spiders are unique to the movie. I do know. I, Denny's I also idea, knew that, yeah. And that he made the whole cast sign NDAs that they wouldn't give any interviews explaining what the spiders stand for whoa really yeah wow he was like no one talk about the spiders that's cool so would you get into the behind the scenes briefly go on wade so this is based on a novel called the Mm -hmm. double as we said Mm -hmm. and they're actually like pretty similar much more alike than I suspected mm-hmm. sort of this interpretation would be. Spiders included? These, So these are the differences. And I okay. will say I haven't read the novel. So I'm depending on the internet. I'm trusting the internet. But, but here's what we've got. Differences from the novel. There's no spiders and there's no underground club in the novel. That's the first big thing. The second thing is that in the climax, the wife doesn't realize that it's the teacher she's with. She thinks it's the actor. They still sleep together, but the wife does not know that it's not her husband. Then the next day, when they hear that the actor died, the teacher tells her that he's not her husband. And she says basically like, well, you have to stay and be my husband now. I don't even know how you write that book. Like, like you think about it from a craft standpoint, like it's the whole movie's visual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like all the elements that make this work are visual. Like all those things don't work in a book. I mean, I always want to buy the book if it's been translated. I, I, I wouldn't even know how from yeah. a craft standpoint how, you, how you'd write this movie. Yeah, I'd be really interested to read that. I think Denny doesn't like dialogue very much. And I think Shocking. he really likes visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. One of the movies we covered was a four-hour famous play that he adapted and didn't use any of the dialogue from the play. So like that is what he's on (laughs) is and he always is talking about wanting to do a silent film like Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. So that happens. And then this is the very end of the book. The teacher is now like going to be with the wife. The teacher gets a call from someone else who he's never met. And that person says, oh, my God, I've been trying to track you down. I know this is going to sound crazy. We look just alike. He gets a call from like a third double. And it ends with the teacher like going into the actor's room, loading the actor's gun, and leaving to go and meet this third double. Oh sh! And that's how the book ends. That is that's hard. I want to know a guy who reads that book and said, "I'm going to make this book weirder." Yeah, <laughs> mad respect to Denny for that, huh? I'm going to add a sex club in and a giant spider. Let's make this move. Let's make this book weird. That's crazy. That's nuts, dude. So that suggests to me that the book is maybe a little more on like a literal interpretation of there being like a chain of doubles or it being something about living in a totalitarian state and that the movie is more going for the psychological aspect of it. Agreed. Definitely that's what Gyllenhaal thinks because I've got this quote from him here when he says, Enemy is about a man who is married, his wife is pregnant, and he's having an affair. He has to figure himself out before he can commit to life as an adult. Where'd you find that? It's a gem. You know yeah. said that? Jake Gyllenhaal said that himself. Jake said that. And this is what I've got from Denny about it, which is interesting. He says, to me, it was really about repetition. How can we evolve and not repeat the same mistakes that we are doing over and over again? Hmm. Repetition being cheating on his wife over and over again. Yeah. Perhaps. I would Yeah, and then two just like real-world factoids I've got here at the Uh end. This film was nominated for Best Picture at the Canadian Screen Awards, but it did not win, making it Denny's first loss. Whoa. The first Canadian film he directed that did not win Best Picture. But he did win Best Director, and the actress who played the wife, Sarah Gadon, won Best Supporting Actress. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. She's a rock star. As well she should have. That's awesome. And the last, this just adds to the creepy allure of this movie to me, which is that this movie is a sister movie. 
which I think we've talked about a couple times before on the podcast, but there are like movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact or like, oh, yeah, yeah. Spectre and Ghost Protocol. Like there's just this phenomenon where sometimes two movies completely unrelated will come out like in a year and have the exact same plot. Mm uh-huh. Two weeks after this movie came out, an American movie called The Double, starring Jesse Eisenberg, came out. A similar plot of two Jesse Eisenbergs meeting each other who look exactly alike. And that was also based on a novel called The Double that was an entirely different novel. What? It was a Russian So there's a double of The Double? There's a double double? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. But doesn't that just add to that? That gave me the goosebumps just now. When you Wait, told you had me. You, you've creepy. been sitting on that factoid for a week. Two yeah, weeks after April fourth, twenty fourteen, that movie came. That out. is nuts. Whoa, that's really creepy. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's as good as this? It can't be as good as this movie is because Jesse Eisenberg is not Jake Gyllenhaal. If I had to guess, I would say I doubt it's as good as this movie is. You guys have a problem with Jesse? I don't have a. I don't. I don't have a problem. With <laughs> I don't have a problem. <laughs> No problem. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the greatest. Can we, can us three boys have a little talk about what Denny is doing with the women in this movie? Yeah, what? Because, I mean, this, so this is the first movie he's made that has a male protagonist, which I think is interesting. Like, all of his other movies have female protagonists up until this point. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Prisoners, which he will make after, also has has male protagonists. And then the two after that are once again female. Most of his movies are, have female protagonists. Like, they're definitely brutal, all brutal movies Uh about women in, like, intense situations. Yes. But I don't know. This movie is... Like, on one hand, I think the women are some of the best things in the movie. Mm -hmm. And he definitely has made the change to give the wife more agency in that final scene. Yeah. Which, for my money, is the best scene in the movie. But I don't know. It's also, like, kind of a movie about the fear of women, I think. Yeah. And kind of, like, sleazy in some ways. So The women are the only nice people in the whole movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that's true. I mean, they're almost like they're either victims or being victimized. I mean, the sex club, they're being victimized. The girlfriend is being completely taken advantage of. Like she's yeah. not, he's, he shows yeah. her like no sort of compassion whatsoever. His yeah. wife that's pregnant is being cheated on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's really, there's, there's really no downfall of the women. I just seem like the only sort of yeah. uplifting characters. And they're like this one version of a man that's complete garbage. I do feel like it is about his fear of women in some way but he also has no male connections seemingly like it's all women in his life yeah yes also that that's interesting and and the only connection he has to other men is through this creepy underground sex club thing which i would argue is not a real connection probably a fulfilling yeah not a fulfilling connection in in that sense what comes first the the spider walking to the city or the naked woman with the spider head it's the naked woman with the spider head it's like upside down, the yeah, vertical. That's, yeah, that's yeah. creepy. I, I hated that. Right, that was gnarly. <laughs> this movie is sexy in a scary kind of way. Yeah. You thought that was sexy way. We have a whole, that's a whole separate issue. <laughs> but in a that scary was a, that, that, no, sort of way. Scary, only scary. Was, yeah, it was pretty much only There's scary. nothing. The opening too, like the opening is, as Emmett said, a naked woman walking on stage, shot from like very dark, very interesting angles with a silver platter, opening the platter up, there being a tarantula inside it, and then her stepping on it. But then it also shows actor Jake watching intently. Do you think yeah. he paid her to step on the spider? Or he wants is her it his to show? Maybe. Yeah, it's like his whole thing because he's like that's just how he sees women and just doesn't want. He wants out. Yeah, I, I didn't know because I mean, I, the first time I saw it, I thought that was Teacher Jake. I mean, I didn't watch it the second time. I yeah, because it, it shows his hand. He's got a wedding ring on, right? Oh yeah, I miss. And I miss doing that like he's doing time. like this weird yeah, thing, right? And he's showing his wedding ring. Yeah, which also makes right. his face look kind of spider-like itself too. Like mm. just make or like makes it look like alien kind of. The spiders all over the even like do you see the glass in the in the car? Yeah, the spider yeah. web. Yeah, spider like web shattered into it. Yeah, and that's like, like all you see of it. It's like slow, like zooms out on the passenger side too, which is interesting. Oh. I did not. I missed that entirely. Despite the woman's side, because she was the passenger, right? Yeah, hmm. and that's the only thing you see of it after the crash. Oh, the spiders only have any connection to a woman in this movie. They don't have yeah. any sort of connection to a man. 
Yeah. And then I go back to the the sculpture being called mother and the fact that he also his mom is a big part of this. And like, yeah. what connection does that his relationship to his mother versus him about to become a father? Hmm. She's the one telling him to quit the acting, like stop because right. They should, that's the conversation they have, right? She's telling him to move on. Yeah. She also tells him and the mom is Isabella Rosalini, too. We should call that out. She says, the last thing you need is to be meeting strange men in hotel rooms. You have enough problems sticking with one woman as it is. Damn. Yeah, she, know, yeah, she knows she cheats. he cheats too. Yeah, well, if she knows that they're one person, then she has presumably gone and seen the crappy apartment in addition to like knowing about his, yeah. his place with his wife. So, yeah, that would make sense. That would all track. You guys got me into. I don't know. We're unspooling some things here. I want to say that I, if you search enemy, the internet is filled with like enemy ending explained. And I did yeah. not. I had no interest in checking out any. Yeah. Those. I don't care what other people think <laughs> might be going on here. I'm going to read them now. I'm like interested in what y'all think, but I'm not interested in like what just like Joe Schmo on the internet has. Could to you say imagine what Collider has to say about yeah. this? <laughs> Oh, now I'm embarrassed. What if I'm like, what if we're way off? You guys ever think about that? Like, what if you guys are like, what if we're like Just way like, off on this? We could We're be. often way off. We're on off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just embrace it. All right. Now, what do you, okay. Okay. So just like, because we're never, we can just like keep like pulling. I think like the thing about this is this movie is like kind of a spider web and you can keep pulling at threads, but it'll always just lead you back like in and around into, you'll just mm-hmm. like keep getting pulled into it in ways where you can't ever like see you can't ever get high enough above it to see fully out and like know what the whole plan is in some way i feel like there's a lot of what's called like the suggestive indefinite in this movie which is where it's like i'm gonna give you a symbol and you're gonna understand that it's a symbol but i'm not going to tell you what it's a symbol for like the spider it could be a thing about his fear for women but it could be a thing about the totalitarian state. It could be kind of both. It could sure. be some it takes over this. It could be some other entirely other thing that we haven't thought of. But we all can agree that it's like some big and potent symbol. But it ne- mm-hmm. he's never going to like tell you what it is, and that just makes it like creepier and weirder. That, what is the connection to the totalitarian state? I'm like, what am I missing here? Because that's what his his uh, speech is about. His like. teaching is kind of about like control chaos versus control and like the totalitarians like the way the state develops to like control people and talking about how in olden times like they would like control people different ways like bread and circuses for the romans right 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 he's like you could be in a you could be controlled without even knowing it it seems like partially about him being controlled by uh, the women in his life and or by a, like a, a pseudo totalitarian state that is like just what modern society has turned into, but not in a like overtly militaristic sense, but just like in a kind Are of. Are there any references to the totalitarian state outside of that of that speech or outside of that class lecture? No, but here's what I notice: There's hardly ever any people in the shots. Like it's very it's all very sparse. Uh, Does that creep you out? I literally got goosebumps. I'm truly like a little freaked just diving into what about how like empty the space is in all of this. Yeah, it's so creepy, right? Like it always seems like it's just him, which is a very, uh, very like fascist architecture, totalitarian state sort of like ideal of like these big empty streets with these big monolithic buildings and no people. And it's always like parking lots. Fair packed with cars and no one in yeah. there. Like that is several times throughout yeah. the Yeah. He walks through a tunnel once. There's also the really creepy scene where the actress stalks the girlfriend. And there's no cars there either, right? He's just on the motorcycle. Yeah. And then he like, like an empty through the bus. Like that thing is oh, yeah. an unpleasant scene. Oh, how does he know where she lives? Does Oh, to go and pick her up? Mm. Yeah. Because he before he stalks her before before he meets before he makes the deal how does he know where she how does he know where she works and on the flip side of that when the teacher shows up at the actor's house he doesn't go like oh my god you're the lady I met before he doesn't say oh you're pregnant he doesn't like have any recognition of what would seemingly be revelations you know huh. weird yeah, there's nobody on the streets. I don't know if this is a reference to a totalitarian state, uh-huh. but just like one other thing, which is at like the end of the movie when the teacher is in the actor's apartment, uh-huh. there's a shot of him framed in front of the bookshelf. 
and like there's a big book which is pulled out which says history in reverse oh that's like right next to his head whoa and he keeps talking about like history at the beginning when he's talking about like the totalitarian state he says that it's like a pattern that repeats itself that's the section of the speech that is stuck in the loop huh but i mean a totalitarian state could also be how he feels about living with his wife you know yeah yeah like that doesn't necessarily literally mean right, exactly. a government. It could thing. be, yeah, his. The Jake Gyllenhaal quote's throwing me. I keep going back to Jake Gyllenhaal quote. Gyllenhaal quote you read. So because why, why he never mentioned anything about totalitarian state. That's what. That's the only reason why I just keep dismiss, not dismissing, but just like it doesn't seem like it fits. But doesn't it make sense from their roles? Like it makes sense to me that the author of the book would have this more literal interpretation that there's a twist, that there's like thousands of doubles or whatever. Right. That yes. Denny, as the director, come up with this wild thing about the spiders and would have all these like secret interpretations he's feeding. Right. And that Gyllenhaal, who actually has to play right. this guy, goes for the psychological. Would have to figure right. out. Has to go, because like, how do you play it? Even if like him like making that decision that very clearly for him it's about one person playing out two different personalities mm-hmm. is the way that you play it. And I think that would be true even if Denny's interpretation is wildly different. Yeah. You know, and his interpretation colors a lot of how you see it because he's the one playing it. Yeah. I don't think it's helpful at all to like say to an actor, now you're secretly living in a totalitarian state. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like or to say like you're a guy who has metaphor problems. Yeah, right. <laughs> he has to play real things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've been a guy with metaphor problems for years. <laughs> As we start to wrap things up here. Mm-hmm. Eddie, who would you say is your MVP other than the protagonist? We'll take both Jakes off the table as the protagonists. Oh, we're all going to have the same answer here, right? Sarah Gadden. I mean, it's 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 the pregnant wife, yes. right? It's got to be. Not even close. There can't be another answer to this. Excellent. Excellent. Unfortunately, the way we do this, everybody gets to pick one and it can't oh. be the same. Can't all be the same one. I ruined. So you, you ruined us because you picked the the, the There's obvious. There's only three people in this movie, and two of them the same dude. So it's like, good luck. All right, Wade. Who's your MVP? Well, my number one would indeed be Sarah Gunn. Mm. I think she's the best performance in the movie with a bunch of good performances. But my MVP would be I don't know the actor or the character's name, but his fellow teacher who recommends him the movie mm. in the scene. There's something really sinister about that scene and that guy. Like, I don't know. I'm just fully convinced that that guy has seen that movie, has recognized him in that movie, and is now recommending it to him. Oh, weird. Like, they're sitting in silence, and he asks him if he's seen movie, and then he recommends, like, uh-huh. a local small movie. Yeah, that is weird. See, in grad school, like, you write these, like, short stories, and, like, the teacher will read it. And he'll pick like one little snippet sentence. He's like, this whole story wrote is complete garbage, but this one little sentence is the most interesting thing you wrote about. It's that guy. Mm. Like that is mm. not the movies is garbage, but he's like this this secret shining star, like the whole thing you could write a whole book about if you really want to go yeah, off. Yeah, like, something what like that. is that, that? That guy's thirty seconds and just crushes it. Yeah, and there is something interesting too about like men in this movie only being sort of in like side roles in these like small little appearances like the only men we see other than jake are that guy who's only in one scene the like receptionist at the acting studio and the elevator guy but i think yeah i don't know i think that scene with the fellow teacher is really scary and i think that he plays it well and he's in on it in some way that's my take right i mean, the only people left are the students in the class so you gotta pick one in the front row <laughs> who's your who's your MVP? i'm going with elevator guy actually because that gives me the same kind of Ooh. creepy vibes as the teacher scene does and he is sinister he's gross but he's good oh i feel even worse about that club knowing that that guy wants to go back to it you know <laughs> like that's how i know like that place looked bad but when that guy wants to go back i know it's real nasty honestly the performer who steps on the spider could be up there for me too another good performance early totally freaky i can't handle that you guys are good at this those are the two uh, easily the two most interesting people also that made it. that is hands down <laughs> elevator dude creepy movie guy no good love answers. for the girlfriend here though no love for no Mary, not really laurent from any of us really. uh, his mom's pretty good though okay any yeah. uh any final thoughts here final thoughts about this movie I mean, there's like so much to unpack we could talk about it all night but unfortunately we can't talk about it all night. So probably end up watching this movie a fourth time. I mean, I, my only downside 
Here's how bad it was. It was three ninety nine uh-huh. to rent it and four ninety nine to buy it. And I rented it like a jerk, and I've watched it three times. So I, I, I <laughs> I'm going to buy this thing for the four ninety nine. It was whoever on Amazon prices. They got me. That's my final thought. The Amazon pricing people are good. <laughs> Oh, man. That's good. All right, Wade. I know Dune Book Report is probably not much further to report from the Candyman episode. So we'll just go right on into the quiz. So this week for the quiz, it's horrifying. (laughs) It is popular movies about large spiders. Uh, (laughs) Okay. the, The top 10 favorite giant spider movies. Wow. Yeah. I hate every second of all of this. Okay. So I hope you guys appreciate that I'm doing this for y'all and I'm going to have nightmares. All right. Here we go. The first one, it is from 1957. It's an earthquake in Mexico unleashes large scorpions from their underground habitat. The largest scorpion is black and not at all friendly. Excellent stop motion effects by Willis O'Brien. And I've said both of the words that are in the title of this movie already in that description. Oh, underground scorpions? Ah, uh, close. That was Harry Potter 4. <laughs> Forbidden scorpion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Help me out here, Eddie. I got 1957. I was like 20 years old in 1957. <laughs> I have no idea. I was too young for that movie. Okay, will you read us yeah. the description again? An earthquake in Mexico unleashes large scorpions earthquake from scorpions? their underground habitat. The largest scorpion is black and not at all friendly. Ex- black scorpion? Yes, the black scorpion. 1957. I was going to say black and friendly. All right. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That is just the name of the next movie. I'm so freaked out. I'm so freaked out by looking. What? No, no, no. I'm so freaked what? out by looking at Aragog that I am just, I'm freaked out. And I just gave you that one for free. So points for both of you. Uh, number three. Wow. You're welcome. This spider is another giant talking spider. She captures and paralyzes the main character from this movie. But another character drives her away oh, and eventually rescues um, that character. Is this the Lord of the Rings? It is. What is it? It's, it's Return of the Which King. Return of the King is correct. Have you seen Lord of the Rings, Eddie? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Get this. Gartheem are kind of like big, mean, land-dwelling hermit crabs. They do the bidding of the Skeksis and act as enforcers. And they're from a movie from 1982. Um, Are you kidding me right now? No, I know this. I know the Skeksis because they just did the Netflix show. It's a it's a Henson one, right? Well, Eddie, do you just know like what this hop is? on it, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm hopping off it. I have no idea what's going on, right? And the fact that Wade is that close to, it just makes me like that much more impressed. Like I was at a nine before, now like a 9.7. It's just impressive, Wade. <laughs> If you get this, I mean, I'll literally buy you a non-caffeinated beverage tomorrow. I'm really kicking myself because I know they just did the Netflix show and they had a Switch game for it, too. That was like a strategy game. It is. It's a Henson movie, mm-hmm. right? As in Jim? Mm-hmm. Jim Henson did not make Can movies. you give me any sort of hint about the title? Uh, it is uh, not without like almost completely spoiling it. <laughs> okay. um, it's an object. It's the name of an object. That is very important to the characters in this movie. It is like a rock of a certain kind. Crystal orb. Crystal orb. Dark crystal? Dark crystal is correct. <sighs> there we go. Eddie with the assist. Wade takes it home. Giant that was scorpions good. menace Perseus. Stop motion special effects by Ray Harryhausen. Clash of the Titans? That is correct. What the Am I doing pretty good or what? I I have not said the F word the entire time. I almost <laughs> let one slip just because of that bomb. That was impressive. When originally released, this movie from 1933 had a spider pit sequence where sailors are chased down and eaten by giant spiders and other insects. The scene was so horrific for audiences at, for, at the time that it was removed after the first screening. Director Peter Jackson recreated the scene using old technology. What? It's King Kong. I could have gotten it without Jackson, too. No way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to flex so hard right now, but. Okay. Next one. 1955. (laughs) A scientist experimenting in his desert laboratory with technique to use radioactive food to make giant animals. What could possibly go wrong? The name of this movie is also the name of a type of spider. Black Widow? Daddy Longlegs? Tarantula? Nice. You both got it. 
simultaneously. Yeah. Well, we ran out. It's only we only know three spider names, man. I think That's I if you can name a fourth spider name. I'll, like I'm out. <laughs> Number eight. Uh, 2017 film, a military expedition is attacked by a huge spider with really long legs. Clever twist on the giant spider theme. I will let you know that this is in a movie that is mostly about another kind of monster. Is Aaron Eckhart in it? I okay. even... Another type of monster. 17? Yeah. Kong Skull Island? Correct. <laughs> Number nine. Teenagers find a giant Wait! tarantula in a cave. They defeat it with the help of their high school science teacher and rock and roll music. It. It's 1958. It. It. It's th- it won. That's... I mean, it one is a it is technically a correct answer to that to that hint. No, I got nothing. <laughs> but it is not the answer that we are looking for from 1958. I swear that's the same thing as as it though. I was like, if other than the year, that answer would apply. To I, I no, I agree with you for sure. Yeah, you get a bonus sure. point. Give them a bo- bonus point. Uh, hit the bonus point button. Okay, so this is about a certain. You're never going to get this. It's called Earth versus the Spider. <laughs> It looks okay. awesome. That's my next I, I guess. certainly did not know it. Number 10. In 2002, in this comedy film, all kinds of different types of spiders are mutated to extra large sides by toxic waste. They attack a small western town. Is it Eight-Legged Freaks? It is Eight-Legged Freaks. That's God, the only like, spider movie that I had in my mind when we started I had started arachnophobia. This. I was waiting the entire time for him to say <laughs> Jeff Daniels. I'm like, I got this. Like, it's just like around. Oh, man. Is arachnophobia also about a giant spider? No, it's regular spiders. They're, I think it's the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber's got a flamethrower. That's about the size of arachnophobia. It's all you really need to see. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've spent entirely too much time looking at pictures of spiders. <laughs> So I'm really <laughs> freaked out now, uh, but we're just gonna we're just gonna close this whole puppy up by saying, uh, buddy, is there anywhere where the people can find your voice on social media or anywhere else? Um, find anything that you're no, I've been on? social distancing for about 15 years now, so you you'll you not nice. Find me. Nice. Uh, I, I am I am holed up in this hole. You are not going to find me. I'm good. I appreciate that. <laughs> up next, we'll be doing 2015 Sicario, starring Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for that. Me too. First watch. And I will tell you also that it is 45 weeks till we cover Jordan Peele's Nope. And that's all, folks. Stay frosted. Stay safe out there. And uh, much love from the Cinema Bomb Boys. Thanks for being here, Eddie. This was a lot of fun. Dude, it's a blast. Wait, I, I have no idea how you pegged those spider movies. I just sat there in fear. I was more scared of the movie quiz than I was of the spiders. Like, Wade, <laughs> help me out here, buddy. I'm like, I'm like 2002. I'm like, I got this. I'm like, I got nothing. I remember being haunted by the cover of Eight Legged Oh Freaks, my god! Like blockbusters yes. across my uh, childhood. Who was that? Who was that? Courtney Cox's husband, David Arquette. Is he in that? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. How do you not know this? How do you? Oh, because I never saw it. I was too haunted by yeah, the, the VHS. The, the cover was frightening. Oh, it just yeah, stuck with me. Yeah. It is David oh. Arquette and yep. Scarlett Johansson. What? Scojo in two thousand two. Wow, was she like the spider? She's been like nine years old. Yeah, she was a spider. She was the voice of the woman spider. You gotta get those rolls, first rolls out of the way. Love you guys. Bye. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcast. It is created and produced by Wade Lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes this podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week.